amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Monday, January 21st, I am Mike the Rotocop, and welcome to the first official episode of the Triple Play Podcast presented by Rotoballer Radio. That's right, I'm happy to say that this show is a Rotoballer production, and check out rotoballer.com, which is your top source for fantasy news, advice, and expert analysis, MLB, NFL, NBA, PGA, and NHL. I'm joined by two other guys from my neighborhood to my left, Anthony Aniano host of Rotoballer Radio Show's Fantasy Football After Hours, The Weekend Warriors Show. You can follow him on Twitter at Fantasy. And to my right, my very close friend and high school baseball coach, we'll call him Danny Baseball for the time being, who's new to the fantasy industry. So go and give him a follow at DannyBAS3Ball. And of course, follow me as well at MikeTheRotoCop. And let's get this show started and speak about something that we can't get enough of in New York and that's Yankee baseball, where we kind of left off last week. So the Yankees go out, they get Adam out of Vino, three years, 27 mil, 33 years old, but he's coming off probably his best season, 12.98 Ks per nine. Dan, has there ever been a bullpen assembled like this? Nothing new here. The Yankees just hogging the media right off the bat. <laughs> um, you know, listen, my only concern with Adovino is his age. And putting together his best year at 32 years old, um, 2017, Adovino, 5.06 ERA, only 63 Ks in 53 innings, um, but coming off a very encouraging year, uh, 112 Ks in 78 innings, posting a 2.4 ERA at Coors Field says a lot for him. Um, I'm curious to see where he lines up in the Yankee bullpen coming off the year he had. I mean, we're going to talk back and forth about these guys, Chapman, Batances, Britton, Adovino, they can pitch at any point. But for, to start the year with an established role, I think Adovino is going to be pitching the seventh inning. How about you? Uh, I could see that. We talked about this last week when we, or two weeks ago, I should say, when we got together for the little trial run. And Anthony, you're the one that said Adam Adovino in New York makes all the sense in the world. He'd come in, he could pitch whenever he wants. Why wouldn't he come? And fast forward a week and a half later, he came. So 33 years old, he signed for three years. Now until he's 36, they'll lock him up there for the latter part of his career probably. But this guy is one of the best relievers in baseball, no? He was last year. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he's one of the best relievers in baseball. Mm -hmm. One year. Let's just keep that in mind. He's a 33-year-old who did it one year. The year before was not one of the best relievers in baseball. So, you know, everybody loves the K-rate, right? It was over 12 strikeouts per nine innings last season. It was absolutely fantastic. I I know this. He's going to be put into a less pressure situation, right? But, you know, he's never closed, so they're not going to ask him really to do that. He wasn't the closer in Colorado. He's going to be in that sixth, seventh role, him, Zach Britton, Dylan Batantis, as matchup allowed for Boone to move people around, setting up for Chapman. But, Dan, you mentioned it. There is an age issue here. He is 33 years old, Mm -hmm. okay? If this signing came a year ago, a year earlier, nobody would care. 
Nobody it would care. It wouldn't even be relevant. It would be before, exactly before putting it together be. the year he had last year. The guy was irrelevant. So, so here's the comp I'm going to make, and it's not necessarily the greatest comp. And somebody probably somebody with Twitter muscles is going to be like, "Andy, I know you're out of your mind." This time last year, the Mets signed a guy, a veteran who had been around the block, coming off a career season, uh, Zwarzak. Mm-hmm. Okay, Zwarzak at the time about the same age, um, coming off a, a great year. I believe it was with Milwaukee. Yeah, it was. Big sign. Like, oh, look at who the Mets. They're both fortifying the bullpen. Everybody got all excited, all nipply and all that fun stuff. And he crashed and burned. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen out of Vino. I'm just saying it is a 33-year-old middle reliever before we all get crazy here. Mm-hmm. It's a 33-year-old. It's not a 24-year-old. It's not Bryce Harper. It's not Manny Machado. It's yeah, not a stud pitcher. So am I getting am – I, am I putting the Yankees in the World Series because they have Adam out of Vino at 33? No. What? I'd rather have Britain. I'd rather have Batista. To me, he's fourth in the chain because the other three guys have had way more sustained uh, success yeah. one thing than Adam Adovino. One thing is, I don't know, Eno Saris wrote an article for The Athletic talking about Adovino. I don't know if you, it came up on your Twitter feed. Adovino developed a new pitch, and that's what led to all his success. Yes. And now he wants to strike out Babe Ruth. And, and he's going to strike out Babe Ruth. Yeah, so he made a nice name for himself. Listen, today's Major League Baseball knows how to make uh, knows yeah. how to say the right thing to make yeah. a name for themselves. Adovino came home. Terrific story. He's fourth in the pecking order in that bullpen, in my eyes, just based on sustained success at the major league level. Just like fantasy baseball, it's all about what you're doing for me now. Okay, He's coming off the best year of his career. He's getting all these headlines. Coming to New York, he's going to get even more headlines. Let's see if this guy's up for the task. Would you rather have him or Britain? I trust Britain more. Trust Britain more. I trust Britain more. Uh, let's not forget what Britain did with Baltimore. All right? the, the, this guy's a stud. Go back to my point. Swarzak in 2017 for two teams. 10, almost uh, almost 11 Ks per nine. His walk rate was about two and a half, and he pitched to a 2-3 ERA. It was a terrific season in 2017. The Mets couldn't get him out of time fast enough last year, after yeah, last year. He and, and, the K rate, yeah. and the K rate was exactly the same. Here's the number that, that haunts power pitching middle relievers. It's the walk rate. Okay, Swarzak went from a 2-5-6 in 2017 to almost five walks per nine innings for the Mets last season. Look at Adovino two seasons ago. That walk rate was over six and a half batters per nine innings yep. in 2017. Last year, it wasn't even that great. It was still over four. Yeah. It was over four. Okay? You're not pitching in Colorado now, buddy. You're pitching in the Bronx. You can't put four batters on every per nine innings. You're not going to get through an inning or two. You're not going to get through in a batter or two if you continue to walk batters. His last time he had th- less than three walks per nine innings was 2016. Okay, and he had a great year then. The walks continue to be an issue there. Okay, Yankee fans are going to be very impatient if he's putting runners on base. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be, you know, the Yankees, are, you know, like we said last time we talked, it's a five-inning game in the Bronx. Uh-huh. And it's going to be a quick hook for Adovino if he's continuing to walk four to five batters per nine innings. Well, the key is the home run to fly ball ratio. Dropped from 23 in 2016 to 14 in 2017 to 8 in 2018. So he'll succeed in Yankee Stadium if he doesn't give up homers. But if that 8.6 goes back up to the 23, where it was that two years ago, I know, I know it's not cores, but Yankee Stadium's no... Uh, it's a little bit yeah. field down the line. So, so we, we touched on this last week, uh, you know, all the Babe Ruth talk. Clearly this guy doesn't lack an ego. All right, he'll, he'll fit right into New York, he's a Brooklyn but boy. I'm curious to see if he's up for the task. <laughs> he's a Brooklyn boy. Another, another closer that... or. <clears throat> possible closer that um signed this week was Cody Allen went to the Angels for one year and 8.5 million he's 30 years old which is crazy to me that he's three years younger than Adam Adovino but he had 27 saves last year with a 4.7 ERA who do you think closes in Los Angeles oh it's Cody Allen you think so oh without it I think that's a mistake why 
I think Ty Butchie's better. They're not giving him eight and a half million dollars. What, what are the Angels clearly doing? They're, they're making moves this offseason for one reason and one reason only, guys. To show Mike Trout that they're serious about winning. Mm-hmm. They do not sign Cody Allen. Which is the ultimate move. Which is the ultimate move, yeah. right? So who they brought in uh, the first baseman there, Justin Bohr. They added a couple of starting pitchers, Matt Harvey. They brought in Cody Allen to close games. Cody Allen's had success in this season. Last season was his worst year with a 4-7 ERA. Again, yeah. tied into the walk rate, 4.4 walks per nine innings. Before that, he had three straight seasons of an ERA in the two. Mm-hmm. A, whip, a fifth uh, that was acceptable in the threes. Okay, uh, uh, over 30 saves three seasons in a row. Last year was 27. I'm not worried about him. I'm honestly not. I trust it. Again, sustained success over one bad year is what I prefer. I agree that he'll close. I, I just think it's a mistake. But I definitely agree that he'll close. Maybe they'll get some value out of him for the one year, $8.5 million. But to think that he's making this pretty much the same money as Adovino, who's on three years, $27 million, it's a little crazy. I think Adam Adovino is a way better pitcher than Cody Allen. But, Dan, you know... Just from fantasy, having guys like Cam Bedrosian, uh, Justin Anderson, Robles, Butre, they got a pretty decent bump in Los yeah, Angeles. You listen, sometimes you go closer by committee, but I don't have a problem with uh, the Angels making this move. Uh, you know, Cody Allen's durable. He's pitched at least 67 innings every year since 2013. His ERA has been under three every year from 13 to 17. He had a bad year. You know, he's got swing and miss stuff. He's got a career average of 11.5 Ks to nine. You know, Cody Allen can chuck it, and I don't have a problem with the move at all. I think it was a good move by L.A. He's the typical closer that will come in in a one- or two-run game, walk the bases loaded, then strike out the next three guys and get out of it. That's that's like the epitome of that's, what Cody that's Allen nine, does. That's, that's 85% of the closers in baseball. It is. It is. It's it's a lot it, of them. It is. You don't think Edwin Diaz? I mean, Aldous Chapman does that every yeah, day. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Edwin Diaz is going to do this. Uh, uh, the, uh, Armando Benitez made that pitching style famous, yeah, if yeah, we yeah. remember. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely some uh, something to watch in Los Angeles. A couple other signings around the league. One, and I'll I'll say these two together so you guys could compare them. Wilmer Flores went to the Diamondbacks for one year, four point two five mil. Avi Garcia went to the Rays at one year, three point five mil. And I know me and Dan got into it a little bit on Twitter. I don't know if you saw over Avi Garcia. I love seeing the Rays go out there and make a move because uh, this is good to see the A's add instead of subtract like they usually do. But Avi Garcia is not not a major league baseball player at this point, considering that hold considering the phone. considering that his WAR has been zero. Not I think, a major two or three league baseball player is a stretch. Okay, an so average, let's not get out of control. All right, an average, okay, one year an ago, average the guy was player. an all star. An average baseball player, uh, a league replacement level player is Avi Garcia. He's not and a that's bench why player. I think the Wilmer He's not Ford, a bench player. I think he could be a bench player depending on what team. The guy can't play the field, and his bat is. Shown tremendous regression, but Wilmer Flores <laughs> to the Diamondbacks, I think, is a great move. I love seeing Wilmer Flores go to the Diamondbacks and get a chance there because he could put together a 280-2075 year if he gets the playing time and if he's in the right situation. Especially that lineup's still pretty good without Goldschmidt there. You got Marte, Escobar, Peralta, Souza, Lamb, uh, Nick Ahmed. So I think the Flores signing is a lot better than the Garcia signing. I know Durham disagrees. What do you think, Anthony? Uh, I, I like the Wilmer Flores signing. You know what he does? He crushes left-handed pitching. Yeah, he'll be on. He'll be the right-handed hitter on some type of platoon. He could play first base, second base, third base, just well enough to stay on a major league roster. Uh, he's never going to win you a Gold Glove at any position. Ideally, he'd go to the American League in DH. He's a super uh, utility guy. Yeah, he's a su- and he's got a nice bat. And yes, with enough at bats, the question is that always that question will right. win. Can yeah. he poke twenty home runs like? He gets a chance to play every day. We've seen. He's got some power. He's got some power, but he's a, he's a lefty. You know, he crushes yeah. lefties. He's not going to play against righties. 
And he'll fill in here, there, and everywhere. He'll never be a big part of the plan. And then next yeah. thing you know, he's going to have 400 at-bats for you. Mm-hmm. That's what Wilma Flores is. Um, I love him in an NL only. I've had him in NL only fantasy. Let's to segue that way. NL only leagues, Wilma Flores is always on my roster. Because he gets just enough at-bats, he has enough position eligibility where I enjoy having him and, he, and, he's, and he's serviceable. Yes. As for Avisel Garcia, okay, two years ago he had a nice season with the White Sox, fell out of favor last year, was hurt all year. This is a typical Tampa Bay Rays move, okay? A low-budget guy who can provide a little offense, keep them somewhat relevant in a division they have no chance at winning. No chance at winning, but they always manage to stick around. The Rays always manage to stick around. Kevin Cash has done a good I job. I love what the Rays have done. I love what the Rays have they're done. They're gonna win. They, they won. They're gonna win eighty-five to ninety games and finish fifteen games out of anything. So if that's relevant, and, and if that's, that's enough, it's job, impressive with that payroll and the AL East. Build a stadium and 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 Which really and, and really reason. play to contend. Blake Snell is a year or two away from being shipped out of town, yeah, and is. we're gonna get another rebuild. So if you're going to spend your money on Avisel Garcia, okay, he could DH. That's why I like to see them go out and make the move instead of just yeah. But Avisel, back. Avisel Garcia is your ad. Okay. Oh, I don't think he's a good player it's, at all, and that's why. I think he's that's the, it, listen, he, I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you he's a superstar ad. I'm. You, you made it seem like the guy's a bench player. Okay, one year removed from three thirty. He's going to DH. Three thirty in and the his major league. Three ninety two. Okay, which last will never year be again. Which he will had, never be again. Listen, he had two thirty six last year, but he still managed to hit nineteen bombs in ninety three games. And his WAR was what zero point zero, right? On on what his war has never been his war has never been above. It's not like anyone's sitting there making game changing plays for the White Sox. No one's doing that. When I wrote Jose Abreu didn't do anything. When I wrote on Reddit, I said unless you get extremely lucky again, I prepare for a two forty five fifteen fifty line. He just hit nineteen home runs in ninety three games. What makes you think he's going to hit fifteen over the course of a full year? I think that's reasonable. I think he's going to go back 260, 25, 75. The question is going to be in Tampa, where's the at-bats coming from, right? Their outfield is locked in. They added Tampa Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham last season. Uh, they ha- they acquired medals from Pittsburgh, who they have to commit to. Kiermaier is a terrific player in center field. Can't hit, but he's an outstanding center field. you got to play. You're... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Your team's built on pitching and defense. You got to play Kim right? Yeah. right? Uh, the first base DH situation is is in flux. There, you got Diaz, you got Choi, you got Avisel. It's another DH. thing. They got Yandy Diaz, who where him between him and Garcia, who's the better player? I'd rather rent Yandy Diaz. And they they might be taking at bats away but from uh, him uh, with uh, this Garcia. Uh, under, understand what the Rays do. They are and the way baseball is now. Yeah, yeah. Ten guys are going to get four hundred fifty at bats. Yeah. Right. That's how this goes now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all matchups. It's all the Saber metrics. We grew up, uh, you know, I knew the starting lineup of every team in the National League East because six out of seven days it was the same starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. It's not that way anymore. Yeah. You know, you look at the Yankees with LeMayu and the Mets with Jed Lowry. You Both teams now have five infielders who are going to get 450 Super players, yeah. That's how it's going to work. It's going to be the same thing. Avisale with the right matchup is going to DH. Troy's going to sit. Diaz going to sit. Meadows will sit here and there because he's still a young kid. That's how that's going to shake out. So if they get 250 and 15 home runs from all of these players, Tampa's very happy with it. Remember, Tampa decided last season that starting pitching is no longer relevant. And it worked. 
So, uh, <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's just my opinion, though. Okay, but not, you know, so like they're thinking way outside the box because financially they have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's the type of move they make. They're literally ahead of the curve. That's the way they've always been, or at least in the recent years. And ahead of the curve gave them third place. Back to Wilmer Flores. Like, like you said, we know we're going to get Wilmer Flores. You know, he doesn't strike out, but the guy never was. He's never had an OBP over 319. Um, but let me ask you this. Wilmer Flores, obviously, I know how Mike feels. That's neither here nor there. I'm not going to go further into it because it's just going to make me angry, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Who deserves more money on a one-year deal, Flores or Garcia, in your opinion? To me, they're both $5 million players in today's market. Right. What were their contracts? Garcia got one year 3.5. Flores got one year 4.25. Okay. I can I'm, live I'm, with that. I can I'm, live with I'm, that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't think Flores is much better, but I think he's better. No, I disagree. You know, right now, according to depth charts in Arizona, Wilma Flores is slated to be the starting second baseman yeah. over Kettle Marte. He can also slide over to first base where Jake Lamb and Walker are slated to pr- uh, uh, platoon with Eduardo Escobar playing third base. We all know injuries occur. Flores' value comes in that multi-position eligibility, Mm -hmm. whereas Avisel Garcia doesn't even need to bring a glove to the game. That does hold water, knowing that you could play three positions any day, and in an extreme emergency, you could play him in shortstop. I'm I'm looking for uh, Flores' ADP here to tie it into fantasy a little bit. Oh, it's got to be very low. He's an NL only player. This was before. I would imagine both are very low. might take you a while to find yeah, no, uh, Flores is an NL only. Navisel right now is an AL only. Yeah. I mean, I have I have in uh, an uh, out of new league on Fangrass. I had Avisel Garcia two years ago for two dollars. He was worth it for two dollars. Oh, price he put went, up. Yep, went up to about five or six bucks going into last season. I did hold on to him. This year I let him go. Yeah. Wasn't worth the value again. The at bats won't be there like they were there with the White Sox. Right. When no, healthy. Definitely with Tampa, he'll definitely have less plate appearances. No that, doubt about that. That's what ties into the numbers that I was projecting, but we'll see what happens with that, and we'll definitely keep track of that and write it down so when I prove you wrong and Avi Garcia has a Well, listen, idea, let's get it here. We've you, known uh, each other for 27 long years. You haven't proved me wrong yet. I don't stop, foresee, it, I don't foresee stop, it happening now. Manny Machado, mystery teams. He met with one mystery team in recent days. He's expected to take the biggest offer because who wouldn't? And his father came out and said that the mystery team is actually the highest bidder as of now. I'm hearing a lot of San Diego Padres, and that would be awesome considering the direction the Padres are going because they do have one of the best farm systems, if not the best farm system in the entire major leagues. I would love to see Manny Machado with the Padres. What do you think about that, Anthony? It's a smart move. Um, You know, they they went in. They went in with Hosmer last season. They went in with Kinsler. Uh, Third base and shortstop really are are wide open. Machado signs. He plays whichever position he wants. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Myers, Margot, Renfro, the young kid Reyes, uh, uh, all around the outfield. It's a solid team with a lot of upside. I don't think the pitching is there. If if Chessy is your ace, you're in trouble. But if you're going to spend the money they spent on Hosmer last season, and we all knew Hosmer was... Grossly overrated, yeah, right? Mistake. Nice player, nice player. San Diego just trying to make a splash. Exactly. How, you know, you put Eric Hosmer would have been perfect on the Yankees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, fit right in. Fit right in. You know, nice lefty bat, good glove. Doesn't have to be the savior, the face of the team. So San Diego made him, and he's not. He's not a free from, hitter, right? He's, he's not, not a free hitter. You know, he's not. So, so, but if you're going to go in there and you're going to keep Will Myers around, then you you got to finish the deal. Yeah. Right. You, 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 you bought the flowers, you, you went to dinner, 
close the deal. Take it home. <laughs> Take it home. Take it home and seal the deal. They, you know what I mean? They have seven top 50 prospects, so they're definitely in a good place. You got Mejia, Tatis Jr., Mackenzie Gore, Michael Baez. Michael Baez, Durham, I know you're a Michael Baez guy. Luis Arias, Cal Quantrill, and Morhon. And they got Espinosa too, who's coming off an injury. So they're definitely set up. Their offseason needs on roster resource right now are starting pitcher, shortstop, third baseman, setup man. In the lineup, they have Ty France playing third baseman as the projected third baseman, which I don't think that's going to last too long. And like you said, they got Urias at shortstop, Ian Kinsler, who they just signed at second base. So he would definitely be a fit there. But he, I'm sorry. No, I was going to ask you guys a question. <clears throat> Where does Manny Machado put the Padres in the standings, though, in the NLS? Padres were 30 games on the 500. They were 66 and 96. They were 25 and a half games behind the Dodgers. Okay. Colorado won 91 games last season. And then you have Arizona, who's taking a step back, right, without Goldschmidt. Okay. San Francisco made some terrible moves last year and they're stuck with some bad contracts. San Diego. I mean, uh, are they, with Machado, are they 10 games better? Like, like you're going to spend all this money on Manny Machado. For what? But Eight, let, 80 wins? But what Mike said is he's expected to take the money from the highest bidder. So now we're looking at Manny Machado. We're saying, does Manny Machado want to win or does Manny Machado want to make money? Yeah, no, this, is my, this is his payday. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to care. Uh, knowing Manny Machado and the way he talks about how he hustles and plays the game of baseball, <laughs> I, don't foresee him th- I don't foresee him saying, hmm, let me take a few less bucks. To see if I can get to a World Series. No, yeah. Manny Machado wants to get paid. He wants to get paid. So if San Diego's going to throw, you know, a, a few extra million at him. He's going to take it. Arizona is taking a step back, like we said. You would assume. You would assume San Francisco is going to take an even bigger step back when they get rid of Bumgarner. So they're going to be in the bottom of the standings. So San Diego could be potentially playing for that second wild card. San Diego is a negative one fifty in run differential. Negative one fifty. The only team worse in the out. National League was the Miami Marlins at negative two twenty. But at least the Marlins said we are yeah, squirt. We're, we're built with tanking this. Yeah, yeah. The Padres were negative one fifty after spending big on 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 Hosmer. So if you're going to do this, if you're San Diego, you you can't be done with Machado. Well, you there's got to be some pitching. You in need there. pitching to keep you in games. You know, lineups can only take you so far. And you need established pitching rotation to keep you in baseball games. And like you said, Manny Machado's now the face of your franchise. Yeah, that's what you want. We've seen this. We've done this dance with how many players? Mm-hmm. Thing- and, and and three years in, okay, they're, they're desperate to get rid of these guys. It speeds up the. The timelines for all these younger guys, though. So, so Manny Machado's the role model for the younger guys. <laughs> a year think, two think, from think now. about what you're saying here. A oh, year two let's from give now, Machado be... for the young guys to look at. No, you're right, right. But did you guys happen to see what Longoria and Chris Bryant touched on earlier this week? Yeah, I saw I that yeah, backing Molina. up. You know, Machado yeah. and Harper as to why aren't these superstars signed? Yeah, these guys are holding out for their worth. Mm-hmm. But in my very I won't call it a very educated opinion. We'll no, call it no, an no. educated <laughs> opinion. Yeah, even that's debatable. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to boast <laughs> like last week. I know what high school you Bryce went to. Bryce Harper, four sixty nine batting average. But we won't touch on that. <laughs> Bryce can't Harper, tell his math average, Bryce, Har- <laughs> Bryce Harper I took the Regents exam four times. <laughs> that was his math average, forty seven. <laughs> <laughs> math only got harder after the age of nine. <laughs> Bryce Harper is worth a lot more to, than Manny Machado, in my opinion. So I have no problem with Bryce Harper holding out. But uh, Man- Manny Machado, I'm surprised the guy's not signed yet. Bry- Bryce Harper, I think, plays. I like the way Bryce Harper plays. Plays the game hard. Yes. 
You see it. Now the Eagles. Bryce Harper's diving diving into first base for a single. Manny, Bryce Harper's getting injured. Manny Machado's not making it to first base for a single. I agree. Right. I agree. So we'll see what the... The problem is, though, ultimately, guys, is teams... Alex Rodriguez changed the game. The contract he signed with Texas... Yeah, the 10 years... Changed the game. And, and when he... When he when he opted out during the World Series and the Yankees bowed and re-signed him right then and there, basically, if you remember that, that changed the game. Because it was at that point when they saw all the nonsense that then went on with A-Rod. And my side note, what a transformation A-Rod has made for himself. God bless him. That's got an incredible image now. Unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> I'd love to see what dating J-Lo would do for me. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> what, he, what that contract, it scared everybody. Every superstar after A-Rod suffers because of that A-Rod contract. Yeah. Nobody wants the 10 years. Nobody wants the drama. They oh, Look at Seattle. They were they, they treated, they got a 19-year-old for Robinson Cano. I mean, they wanted out of that. These teams make these, and they just can't wait to get out of them. And it started with that A-Rod contract where teams went, what the hell did I just do? Texas gave him up for a Soriano, Alfonso Soriano. Mm-hmm. And then the Yankees doubled down on the stupidity. They wanted him out in the worst way. And now the Bryce Harpers, the Manny Machados, my opinion on what both of these guys should do, they should sign three-year deals. They should sign three-year deals for $80 million, $90 million. Three years, $90 million, $30 million each. So you're going to get your average annual salary just fine. And then three years later, you go cash in again. Because the 10-year deal is going to be tough to find. I don't think they're going to find it, to be honest with you, but we'll see what happens with and that. If you I, trust don't think, if, I don't care what your age you're at. I mean, these guys are looking for 10-year deals. I'm not saying on the back end of their career, but the back end of their 20s. You're, if you're getting a 10-year deal, if you're a stud at age 22, 23, you're not, you shouldn't be getting a 10-year deal at 27, 28 years old because no one's performing at that level into their mid-30s. I agree. It's, it's, it's not possible. But, and that's why teams are, games a year? That's why these teams are leery. Right. That's why if you let take me cut three you guys off. and then go three let again. Let me cut anyway. you guys off because we got somebody very important that we're going to oh. reach out to now okay. and talk about the very top 10 right important. now. MLB Network's Brian Kenny. Let's give him a call, Joe. I want to do uh, pick your brain a little bit about the top ten right now is the second base and third base, like uh, we discussed earlier. And I'm getting a lot of heat from my guys here saying Whit Merrifield is the best second baseman in baseball right now. Yeah, I was uh, – well, I'll, I'll answer you on the air, but I, I, was, uh, I was pretty stunned by that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, needed, I needed to hear Thank that, Brian. You, Brian. I really needed to hear that. We're on now. So why why do you think so many people are having such an issue with Whit Merrifield over Jose Altuve? Because you're out of your mind. You know, it's, <laughs> you uh... think so? Wow. <laughs> when you said yeah, I no, outwitted your wit, I thought that was a compliment. I didn't know that was a, a dig at me. No, no, it's not a dig, but it's, um. I mean, listen, I like to get out there too. You know, like I like to like say some outlandish things just to make a point. Um, and I like uh, going out on a limb. I like going out, and I, and I, I, so I appreciate what you're doing in that you're going out on a limb for a guy who's getting no play. Like, that, that's where it's at. That's where it's the most fun for me, too. Like, hey, nobody gives this guy any credit, and Merrifield definitely, you know, fits under that banner. So for you to say he's the number one second baseman, that's like, wait, what? And if, you could sw- if I could swing it, I would do it. But there's no way you can swing it. I mean, it's can't, you can't beat Altuve. Listen, I have him number two, Mike. Number two. So I'm really big on him. But I, I cannot bend the laws of baseball and put him number one. What I'm, what I'm stressing here is the whole right now portion of it. Because that's a big thing when you guys do the show. It's right now. It's not what happened last year, the year before, the year before, the year before. So 
Jose Altuve is coming off probably his worst year, which is still an amazing year. But with Merrifield, has always, almost always been a better fielder than Altuve. So that that gets the points right there off the bat, in my opinion, that Whit Merrifield is more valuable on the field, plays different positions, and he's more valuable at second base than Altuve. Now, hitting-wise, with talk about selection, talk about walk rates, K rates, whatever you want to talk about, hard-hit con- contact rate, hard-hit. Whit Merrifield's right there with Altuve neck-and-neck neck in all these categories in the last season or two. So, okay, so you, you, no, you, you, were, you were right on it, and you were right into that last part. <laughs> it's just, and you don't even have to go to the process. Now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, you're right in that, like, and it would be another thing if Merrifield was younger. Um, but let me just back up first and say... You're on the right page in that what the series is about is it's just, it's, it really is like a fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. Who do you want for the next six months? Who yes. do you want for this coming year? And you have to pick now. That's all. Um, but you really do look at the track record. The track record is obviously an excellent indication of where the player is headed over mm-hmm. the next six months of the season. So, I mean, I just even took a quick look. Merrifield... Uh, just had, I think, a 124 OPS plus, right? 100 is league average, so that just puts it all into one number. Yeah. Altuve has had five seasons over that, over 125, five. He hits at a completely different level. Last year was the first time they were even close to each other in the, you know, that since Altuve became a power hitter. So, yeah, Merrifield can really run. He's an outstanding base runner. He's a good fielder. He doubled his walk rate. Mm-hmm. He can play different positions. All of that, yes, yes, and yes. But there's such a big gap in hitting. I mean, the guy slugged 438. Altuve can slug in the high 550s, 560s. So I just see there's a huge gap there that you can't make up for. And, and I hear you. Fielding and base running are so important, much more so in the real world than in the fantasy world. Yeah, of course. And yet there's no way I can bridge that hitting gap. I just want to step back for a second what you said in the beginning, how uh, the statement is pretty much out there. But like I was telling Anthony earlier, I wasn't doing it because I wanted to get people on Twitter commenting left and right or getting the exposure or whatever. You can say that as long as yeah. you want, but that's not true. I was, I honestly was doing it because I think Whit Merrifield right now is the best second baseman in baseball. Stop. But I'll let Dan get to you here because Dan's been on me for the last uh, six days about this ever since I put the tweet up. <laughs> it, for me, it just doesn't play, Brian. Like you said, there's a major, major gap. And Altuve is coming off a year where he battled injuries all year. And still was able to put up productive numbers. Oh, yeah. Look, his numbers this year, we just look at him here. His numbers this year were better. He had out-hit Merrifield this year with an injury. Mm-hmm. Now, if you wanted to sell me 
that in fantasy baseball, his uh, that Merrifield's outlandish stolen bases. Like if stolen bases are are a category still, I don't know how you play it. Like in the last couple of fantasy leagues I was in, we still had stolen bases because it's still it's fun. You know, even if it's not like such a major part of the game, it's still fun. And you could make a case that him stealing forty plus bags is so like the outlier that that makes him more valuable. I'd buy that. You know, you know more about that than I do. I've played in a couple of years, <laughs> but you could say that's such a rare skill. A guy with outlandish stolen bases, he can basically win a category uh, by himself each yeah. week. Uh, I'm buying that. But in the real world, Altuve has the ability to come in with a four something on base. You know, even with a a 320 batting average and a 560 slugging and stealing bases. And look, he's a contact hitter. I mean, the guy's a beast. And you saw him in the playoffs. He's on one leg. He's a beast, man. In the real world, you want Altuve. I got got nothing against the guy. Trust me. I think he's a phenomenal player. But that's just how highly I think of Whit Merrifield. We could talk about this for the next 30 minutes. And I'm sure Dan and Anthony will get sick of me and my Whit Merrifield talk. One other thing about second base that I saw on your list if I'm not mistaken, you had um, Ozzy Albee's six. I don't know if you yeah. have it off the top of your head. Yeah, you had Ozzy Albee's six. I have him third. I think defensively he might be the best second baseman besides DJ LeMahieu and Colton Wong. What do you think about him in the third spot here? Um, yes, but um, I put respect in for power. So my list goes Altuve, who's a big-time power hitter. Merrifield, who is, as you just, I'll use your case, he's an all-around excellent player. Scooter Jeanette has really slugged. He slugs like 490-500 the last two years. Robbie Cano is still a power hitter and is obviously like the, the dominant second baseman of his generation. Uh, Glaber Torres uh, slugged 480 last year in his age 22 season. So Albies being a pretty good slugger, a good fielder, but his on-base is 305. I think that keeps him down. I don't. I don't think I have him low. Uh, I've got him sixth, uh, but he's being outslugged by these other players. And even though he's crazy young, you know, he's going to be his age twenty three season coming up. A three hundred five on base um, is is just not impressive as compared to these other players. So I just think I, if I'm in the real world again, if I'm rolling the next six months, who do I actually want on my team for one year, not five, mm-hmm. but for one year? I would take those guys over Albies. And I could be wrong. Maybe Albies explodes this year to being, you know, the Robbie Cano of now. Very possible. I could be wrong. But I, I think he's probably a year or two away from being that real stud. Hey, Brian. Anthony Aniano here. How are you? Um, Good. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on the Ozzy Albies. I mean, all you got to do is look at those, those the second half split. The guy came through the minor leagues, never a true power threat. His game was speed, comes on the first half. Uh, league, you know, turns on some fastballs, bangs 20 home runs in his first 93 games, finishes with only four, and, and the speed doesn't play like you think. It's only 14 stolen bases, hits 226. I think there's a lot of growth there still for Ozzy Albies. I think Albies, everybody fell in love with that first half, and you saw it come back to earth. My question for you, though, really is Robinson Cano. And, you know, we, we could talk about going to the Mets. Everybody loves, I mean, you're, an, you're a New York guy like us. Everybody loves to bash the Mets and the addition of Robinson Cano coming to New York, coming off the PED situation last year. Seattle moves him to first base. The whole story there. But the bottom line is Cano, in the 80 games he did play, still hit. Walk rate was, uh, was good. The strikeout rate was excellent in this day and age. Hit over 300, that 374 on base percentage was terrific, 470 slugging. My question really for you with Robinson Cano, you have him slated for, that's great. A little bit surprised just because of his age. My question for you is, 
is he what what the, in your view what does he have left? Like what what should a Met fan expect out of Robinson Cano considering what they gave up with and and the uh, the the I don't know the misery that follows a Met fan and now the addition of Robinson Cano. He's been very consistent. Yeah, ordinarily I have a guy you know going into his age thirty six season a second baseman. I'd have real reservations, but he's been very consistent. And also, there's been so much talk about, hey, you're going to eventually have to move him off second base. His defensive run saved was plus four last year at second base. I have no idea why the Mariners were so anxious to move him and get you know different second baseman there and put him to first base. You lose so much value. Mm-hmm. Again, in the real world, not fantasy baseball, yeah. real world, you lose value moving a second baseman over to first base. It's enormous. Also, his base his base running runs is plus. You know, it's like plus. It's one point one. So that means he's above league average base running. He's above league average fielding. He's well above average hitting. And by the way, that part kills hitters. Just kills them. So him going to City Field. I know City Field is also not a hitter's park. But I have no reason to think that given his pedigree, except for PEDs, so I, yeah, I, right. beyond the PEDs, like and that's a separate subject. But let's let's, <laughs> let's go past that for a second. Um, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't churn out another 370, 470 season. And at second base, that gets him like right around the top five. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I still think he hits. I think the 300 is a lock. I'm interested to see how the power plays out uh, at City Field without the PEDs. We don't know how long that was going on and all that nonsense. But it's interesting to me, too. Mets make that move. You think their infield is set. They then add Jed Lowry, uh, who had a terrific season, 99 RBIs at, at 34, 35 mm-hmm. years old. It's going to be interesting to see. You got the young kid Alonzo, who was a matter of time before he takes over first base. How that whole Met infield ends up shaking out? Oh yeah, no. Look, I think you have to let your guys play. I'm slightly disappointed in them not just rolling with McNeil. I agree because yeah. McNeil, Nimmo, Conforto, Alonzo. You have to have patience, and I know it's tough if you're the Mets, and it's tough if you're Brody Van Wagenen breaking in. Right? You want to make a splash. But I would have loved for them to roll with the guys who are putting up real numbers who are homegrown. Um, you know, that said, I think Robinson Cano, if you can swing the deal and the money, um, look, is not as crippling as it was. Mariners ate some of that. The only question is we have to circle back to it. Who is he? How much has he been relying on performance-enhancing drugs? How, we don't know. We do know that when he came back from his suspension, he really tore it up. Mm-hmm. And if you figure, if there's any time that you'd have to lay low and give up a regime if you're on it, it's when you come back because they're going to be testing you to the cows come home because that is how it works. Once, once you've been suspended, they don't lighten up on you. They test you more. And so they can bag you at any point, and it would be crippling for, to get a second suspension. So if I'm the Mets, again, I'm looking at it from a, you know, a mercenary point of view. How is he going to play? for? I'm not worried about the morality. I'm worried about <laughs> how much does he need this stuff. Um, then I would say, hey, that's a very good sign that he really crushed it late in the year when you would think everything would point to him getting off any stuff that he might be on. And you mentioned how tough it is for Brody Van Wagen in this New York area, in this New York market, and I just wanted to throw in it's even tougher for him because he has to go with a spot on Francesa every week and get get ripped (laughs) apart for his forward thinking. So it's even tougher for a guy like him. But I know Dan had a question about another uh, New York infielder. Hey, hey, Brian, Dan here. Um, you know, we spoke about Cano, 
and you know the and uh, him coming to New York. I want to talk about another guy from New York, Labor Torres. Now, similar to Albies, he came hot, he came out hot right out of the gate. He was on fire in the first half, and then the second half he got hurt and then struggled. People, the pitch, you know, the pitching in the American League seemed to figure him out. Uh, do you see him get having a big year, having a year under his belt? Oh yeah, I think he's a star. I mean, he look, he, he's he's 22 this year. He slugged 480. His numbers were much better even in the first half when he was healthy. And you can even see him. You know, I make a lot of judgments, and this isn't um, – I'm sure it is quantifiable if I really dug into it. But I also have to look to see who's hitting good pitching, who's hitting playoff pitching, mm-hmm. because that matters a lot. Like the difference between Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton last year in the playoffs was huge, right? Mm-hmm. One guy, one guy was clearly battling and could turn around on a Craig Kimbrell fastball, and the other guy had no shot. So when I look at Torres, that guy's bat plays in all situations. He's a live bat. He hits the ball hard the other way. The process data is in his favor. Uh, I think, uh, you know, again, even if you just look at it and you're not even looking at injuries, first half, second half, you give me a 22-year-old, or excuse me, a 21-year-old second baseman with his pedigree in the minors slugging 480 in the major leagues, that's a monster. Yeah, sky's the limit for that kid. I think he's going to be unbelievable, and he's so young. Yep, superstar. No, I I think he's he's a star now. That's why, I mean, I've got him so high. I've got him five ahead of Albies. Because uh, for whatever reason, I guess maybe he's swamped by so many stars in New York. That guy's bat is significant, even in that lineup. And that's the scary thing about the Yankees. They have guys all over the field like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how his career plays out. He might be the next Yankee great, like all the other guys before him. Third base, I want to slide over to here. And I'm looking at your list. I haven't watched the, the whole show yet, the 30 minutes, full disclosure. But I did print out your list, and I have it here. And there's one guy missing. Vlad Jr. Um, yes. Uh, I wrestled with that. I would have to say since third, if, if he's playing any other position, he cracks in. Because if you look at most, and I do all the positions, you know, we have, uh, you know, our sabermetric panel does all the positions. The analysts, the MLB network analysts that we have, they just do, you know, one each. But I really do have a good feel for each position and the relative strength. Third base is the best position in, in baseball right I now. Agree. I totally Le- agree. Left, left field is very close. We just take that uh, this week. Shortstop is very deep. Um, you know, other positions are, are, are a little sketchy uh, these days. But third base is stacked. So it comes down to, at the very end of my list, who do I like? And it comes down to uh, Vlad Jr., who's a stud. Uh, Miguel Andujar, who's an outstanding player. And Eugenio Suarez of the, of the Reds. And I have to say, and then after that, fellas, it's Rendon, Donaldson, Chapman. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about star. You know, you get really quick. Like number nine for me is Anthony Rendon. It's it's which crazy. is crazy. Yeah, that is. Yeah, like Travis Shaw doesn't make my list. That's another guy that was missing off the list was Travis Shaw. Those are the two notables between Shaw and Vlad Jr. And that's what I was interested in hearing about. Yeah, because but you know what? Look, I go Bregman, Arenado, Ramirez, Turner, Bryant, Carpenter, Chapman. Josh Donaldson. By the way, Josh Donaldson's a superstar. Now, if he's hurt and he's no, and he's shot, okay, he's off. But I'm not banking on that. I think he's going to have an excellent season. He was excellent toward the end of last season. So then I have Rendon and then Suarez. Eugenio Suarez slugged 526 this year. He had a 135 OPS plus. So it comes down to this. For next year alone, even if you think that Vlad Jr. is a beast, 
is he really going to have a 135 OPS plus, like something that like Nolan Arenado did, or you know, like uh, something that's just below Matt Carpenter? I mean, it's possible, but it's asking a lot. So I think it's more than just a sign of respect for Suarez that no man, I've got six months. I would ride with a 27 year old Eugenio Suarez, even though he plays for the Reds and nobody knows who he is. That's a real four win player and a rookie. Even the one with the pedigree of Vlad Jr., it's asking a lot year one to do that. And I agree with you. It's tough to keep a guy like Suarez off a list like this when he's coming off a season where he has 35 homers and had 100 RBIs, and you're comparing him to a guy who's never seen Major League pitching yet or never spent a day in the majors yet, I should say. something. Now, just... it's, now I, I did say, let me just throw in, like Eloy Jimenez, mm-hmm. I got him in my top 10 um, in, the, in the outfield because it's a weaker group, and Jimenez, it, it, you know, his numbers actually – blow no, I don't blow away. His numbers are better than Vlad Jr. And it's that's hard to do. Like Vlad Jr., we all know, crushed every level of the minor leagues. Take a look at Eloy Jimenez. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I say it all the time. He might have more fantasy value than Vlad Jr. for those playing fantasy baseball. He might be the yeah. better option this year than Vlad, but Vlad's and, and, going 100 picks before him. Yeah, and, and Jimenez, his, his minor league pedigree, and I, I'll often say that. Like, you even said something there that uh, I'm not disagreeing with, but I go by the Bill James maxim of, you know, a guy doing this in the minor leagues doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It's still professional baseball. It's yeah, a level course. below, but it's professional baseball. And we used to have this feeling that major league baseball players had this magical quality about them. It was so much better than the minor leagues, the Bush leagues. I think we've learned over the last 10 years, and this is something that's affecting the marketplace right now. We've learned the gap is not that big mm-hmm. certainly you have to make adjustments faster certainly the league is much better and certainly you don't get any breaks anywhere however it's not that much different you get reps most everybody who is wildly successful in the minors will also be successful in the majors so when i see a pedigree i i buy it but i just see third base you got to beat real guys to get to number 10 whereas in right field you can bypass the Josh Reddicks of the world a lot more easily. Yeah, I totally agree. One thing that stood out to me also is that you have Alex Bregman at the top of your list over Nolan Arenado and over Jose Ramirez. I just wanted to get into that a little bit because Ramirez has done it for two straight years now. Arenado's done it for, what, six straight years or five straight years, whatever it is. And as good as Bregman is, I can't bring myself to put Bregman before those two guys, so I was just curious why you did. I can, but I understand completely. I have, I would have no problem with Ramirez. I don't think I can get Arenado number one, but I, I did put an Arenado in number two, and I'm not the most. I'm not using a ton of logic here. I think Arenado's volume gets him into the conversation, even though you obviously have to account for Coors Field and the marked advantage he has there. Um, Ramirez in the second half and down the stretch and in the playoffs last year, a little less than impressive, whereas Bregman is just better than. And I know that sounds like crazy talk from a guy who is weaned on sabermetrics. (laughs) However, in the real world, I always try to look at what is happening in the real world. You know, stats can get me so far. But if the stats are about even, and by the way, they are very close between Bregman and, and, um, and Ramirez. Uh, OPS plus last year was in Bregman's favor. Uh, the base running while Ramirez is top of the of food chain, Bregman is also outstanding. Ramirez's defense is is better, but I don't think a Bregman is properly uh, shown up in in the defensive metrics. Mm-hmm. So 
if you want to call that a dead heat or a slight advantage to Ramirez, I'm fine with that. He's an eight-win player last year. Bregman was a seven-win player. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the highest elite players. And Arenado, with the volume that four straight years he's slugging 560, I totally believe in him, too. I just say, if I'm rolling with somebody, and you guys do this, too, and there's a lot of subconscious bias here. But if I'm rolling with someone for 2019, I would roll with Alex Bregman. He is the one guy I would have. I think we talked about this a lot on our MLB Now shows down the stretch. Who's the one guy you'd want at the plate in the biggest situation of your season? And I think it comes down to Bregman and Justin Turner. So that's the highest level of respect. His ability to make contact and hit for power and his wild competitive streak make break, makes Bregman for me number one. You know, it's interesting. I, I do actually agree with you, Brian, on Bregman. When you look at some of the numbers in his second full season last year, where a 5% increase in walk rate, a 3% decrease in strikeout rate, a huge jump in the isolated power, and the batting average essentially stayed the same even with a lower bat pip. So, so that year two growth, no reason to think it doesn't extend to year three. But my question for you really is this. I think one of the best offseason signings of the year was done by Atlanta, and you mentioned him, Josh Donaldson. One year, $23 million. It is a no-lose contract situation on a team ready to win. You're adding this bat in the middle. You mentioned it. This guy was a superstar with Toronto, 100-plus RBIs, 120-plus. Last season, a completely lost year. He did hit 280 in September. I, I just think this guy stays healthy. You're looking at 30 and 100. What do you think? Uh, I, he was one of my favorites going into the offseason, and I put him up at the top. I, I, you know, with Machado and Harper, I know he's older, right? He's going to be 33 this year. But still, how many players in baseball have turned out four seven-win seasons? Again, using wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys know, set a seven-win season, you got to be a beast. That's, That's an MVP candidate. Yeah, it's a, you're, you're, a, you're, you're, you're an MVP famer. candidate. You're, you're at seven wins a season. And that guy did it four years in a row. So, I, I, you know, his ceiling is sky high. His fielding is excellent. His base running is excellent. And his hitting last year, you know, once he was healthy, did show up. He was able, there was questions about his ability to throw. Well, he went to Cleveland and he was just fine. He was a beast. So, yeah, I thought, hey, what type of contract do you get? I really thought he'd be rolling near 80 and 100 million. And I'm, if I'm an executive, I would go harder after him than Machado. I know I could pay up third of the amount for, uh, you know, for uh, Donaldson than Machado. You know, think about that. Do I want to pay $100 million for Donaldson or $300 million from, for Machado? I would live and die with Donaldson. I really would. And are you kidding me? One year, $23 million yeah. sold. Like, as you say, you can't, you can't lose on that. And it, I think the reason he jumped at a one-year deal is because the respect that $23 million says, you know, it's well, real. It's not $17 million. It's not mm-hmm. a qualifying offer. It's 23 He jumped at it because he believes in himself. He thinks he's going to crush it and hit the market again next year. Yeah, it's a, it's a prove-me contract for him, absolutely. Uh, Brian, yep. Dan here again. Uh, just back to Machado for one second before we go. Uh, we were discussing. We went back and forth discussing why Machado hasn't been signed yet. Maybe it's the lack of hustle. Maybe you know There's there's not as many teams interested as we, we thought might have been. Um, and you said, you know, is he worth $300 million? Maybe not. I personally don't think he is. But where do you think Manny Machado is going to wind up? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I truly don't know. Um, you know, I think the Phillies are in play for, from Harper or Machado. I think a team uh, like 
the White Sox or the Mets actually can benefit the most from Machado because you do get volume from the guy. As much as there is, there's a lot not to like, obviously there's a lot to like. He gives you volume. He gives you production. He plays shortstop. He can play a great third base. Um, he show he does show up every day. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's an enigma in the playoffs. you got to realize he's just not going to be locked in like a lot of guys. But that's something that the White Sox and Mets shouldn't worry about because you just need volume of production to make yourself legitimate. Now, if you're the Yankees, if you're the Cubs or the Dodgers, you do worry about how he performs at the end of the year, and is he fiery, and is he looking to, 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 to break legs for you? And he's not. The only legs he's looking to break are stepping on a guy's heel across first base, which is nonsense. <laughs> like, or grabbing a second baseman, which is like, what are you doing? You're not helping us. You're just being an idiot. Stop. So uh, that would bother me if I'm a top-tier team because you know you're likely going to the playoffs. So that would bother me. But the White Sox, you need to get to 85 wins. And Machado gives you a shot at that because he does, you know, he fills up, you know, every category. He shows up. He fields. He's a marvelous young player. Uh, So I would pay, you know, a premium for that. That said, I don't think like 275 million or 300 million is insulting. You know, like that story went out that, oh, this is an insulting contract. It's 25 million a year. That's what Robbie Cano made. And Robbie Cano was also a superstar, older, but he was a superstar player. Um, I, I just think he kind of miscalculated or his people didn't realize that, hey, it's not that we're saying you're a bad guy, but when you're pushing across the table $300 million, that general manager, that team president is kind of staking his job to you. Because for 10 years, seven years, he's living with you. That's his life expectancy as an executive. And you're, you're saying, I'm going to tie my entire future to this one guy who kind of doesn't care in the biggest moments. I don't think so. That's a very different decision than saying Machado is the MVP, Machado is an all-star, or eventually Machado is a Hall of Famer. It's very different saying, I'm, rolling my, I'm putting my career on this guy's back and we'll see what happens. And we're seeing what happens in the open market. Most GMs and team presidents are not willing to do that. What do you think, what do you think about him with the Padres? Because I know that I was uh, talked about as being maybe one of the mystery teams that Anthony brought up before. Do you really want to bring a guy like Manny Machado in to a team with eight top 50 prospects and show them how things are supposed to be in the clubhouse? True. He's not going to be for that the White guy. Sox as well, which could apply for the White right, Sox as yeah, well. Right, yeah, not going to be that guy. But yet, you know, like... I'm really torn on this. There's the whole clubhouse thing. I'm torn on it. Um, I'm really looking. If I'm the Padres, I like him as well. I mean, you're basically pointing out, you know, the the second, you know, the second division teams. Mm-hmm. You know, the Reds, the Padres. Could they? How much could they benefit from Machado? They would benefit hugely. You know, they would really. They could really use a guy that produces like that. And, you know, but we're talking about again, Dodgers, Yankees, Cubs. They're like improving at the margins. They already have massive volume. They, you know, they have stars all over the place, and they also have a deep forty-man roster. How much does Machado moving the needle? Not too much. And where you wanted to move the needle is in October, where he ain't doing that for yeah. you. He yeah. clearly doesn't <laughs> care. But Padre, when you say Padres, Reds, 
if I'm a team president for one of those clubs, I'm taking a good, I'm, I'm, I'm in contact and having lunch with the Machados as often as possible mm-hmm. just to keep tabs and see, does the, is the market a little tight on him? And if it is, yeah, I, you know, I would pay for a six win shortstop for the next eight, nine years. Yeah. I do that. Um, but I, you know, when you get up around 300 million, again, you're, you're handcuffing yourself from making a lot of moves over the next eight, 10 years. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Brian, thanks for uh, calling in. You're a man who needs no introduction. I really appreciate it. All right. Always good talking to you guys. Take yeah, care. Be thanks, safe. Brian. Take care, Brian. All right, so that wraps it up for the first edition of the Triple Play Podcast presented by Rotoboa.com, which is your top source for fantasy news, advice, expert analysis for Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, PGA, and NHL. To my left, Anthony Aniano, A-N-E-N-O Fantasy. To my right, Dan McDermott at Danny Baseball, B-A-S-3, B-A-L-L. Forget the three. Follow me at Mike the Rotocop, and we'll see you guys next week. Appreciate it. Have a good one, folks. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.